Hey, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to remind you we have our coaches intensive. It's coming up on October 21 and 22. It's a Saturday and a Sunday, two full days here at the gym where I will teach you how to become a world-class coach just like the ones you see working in our gyms. We'll be exploring the art of coaching, sales, marketing, the JB foundational movement patterns, including body weight, strength and movement, lift, as well as a bunch of other parts of the JB philosophy. If you're interested in attending, please get in touch with me, joey at junglebrothers.com, or you can click the link on this episode's show notes and you can enroll directly. There is a 20% discount if you enroll before September 21. So by the time you're hearing this, you've only got a couple of days. Again, that is October 21 and 22, and you get the nice discount if you enroll before the 21st of September. Get on it. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast. Joey here, and today I'm trying something new. Today it's just me, and I'm going to tell you a story. Actually, I'm not going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you the nine class coaching must-dos. Now, this list is as definitive a list as I have now, but it will evolve over time. And where this has come from, it's been something that I've been thinking of for a long time in trying to systemize how we deliver a class here in our gym. Now, I'm sure you're all familiar with the systemization of, of certain businesses. A place like McDonald's is a really great example of this. You know exactly what you're getting every time. It doesn't matter who's working the machine. The shit comes out the same pretty much every single, every single time. The burger's the same. Now, McDonald's burger, it's consistent. You know what you're getting. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't change. It doesn't go back, forward, whatever. Now, there's systems in place for that. I'm not proposing that we would ever want to make our product as i suppose cookie cut in that way right we don't want to remove the expression of the coaches who are delivering the program we don't want to we don't want to restrict the human element of the coaching interaction right every coach in our gym should bring something unique to that session that something is unique to them it's part of their personality and that is whatever it's how they connect with individuals it's things that they talk about it's maybe some of the experiences that they might share as they're coaching the class might be the music they play but we still do want to have a system that we can lean back upon which gives the coach a roadmap so that they know what objectively what they need to do they understand what a great class performance is and we as the the business owners or the business manager or you know whatever position you might be in you also want to have something that you can lean back on because it's not enough to just say oh i, I watched your class the other day and it, i don't know it wasn't great i can't tell you why you want to be able to reference why it wasn't great and, and hopefully this list the class coaching must do's will give you something that you can point out and go you know what you, you didn't do that that thing there so in that way this this list is not 
um, it's not a checklist as such. It's not like clearly defined um, points of performance, but we can, we, 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 we built, we've built one off the back of this. This here is like kind of the nine things that you got to do in order for that class to be exceptionally delivered. And if you've listened to previous episodes, you've heard us talk about some of that, what that is, you know, you, there's a, there's a responsibility on the coach to put on an amazing experience for the people that come for that class. It's not going to be world changing every single time, but we don't want to get stagnant in the coaching process. And I've been there myself many times, coaching a lot of classes week after week. And, you know, before long, you kind of look at it and you're like, well, I'm really just sort of ticking the box here, doing the thing, but I'm not actually really trying to bring the energy for the people. Now, people recognize this, right? If they contrast that with maybe times when you were more motivated to make it an exceptional experience, they'll notice it. They'll notice there's a difference. And, and I would argue that that drop-off, while it is something that does happen naturally, it's something that we really want to try to avoid because that is a change in the product. That is the burger not being as delicious as it normally is. That is motherfucker put too many onions on my quarter pounder. So again, you know, we, we have the fitness equivalent of franchise food out there. We know what those gyms are. They're not our kind of gyms. They're not the kind of places that I would want you to go and train at. But I do really, I am attracted to the idea of systems and I do think that having a system to fall back on allows us to set expectations it allows us to, it, it allows us to do a really good job of delivering our product because it sets a minimum standard um, and it allows us to remove bandwidth from our from our, our lives whereby I can re refer to the system I don't have to try to articulate what an excellent class is every single time sort of off the top of my head I'm like I can just reference this so let's get into it so far, so good recording the podcast by myself. It is evident to me that I don't mind the sound of my own voice. Point number one, make them feel the love. So people come to your gym for guidance, they come for support, and they come for expertise. Your gym is the answer for something that that person wants to improve in their life. You need to make sure they feel supported and acknowledged by you every single time they come here, every session. Pretty straightforward, right? But imagine a busy class, 25 people in it, someone that you don't necessarily gel with all that much, you haven't really got much of a rapport. It can be pretty easy to just run the whole session and then realize I didn't even really connect with that person today. I might've given them a tip on something, but I didn't really you know, treat that person like a friend. I didn't show them the love. I didn't be the coach that they were coming here for. Second point, connect people. We know that having strong social bonds is the key to success in the training journey, right? At least it is here in our gyms. So making friends, banter, good times, vibes, this is as important a part of the training process as is the effectiveness of the program, the expertise of the coach, the cleanliness of the bathrooms. We all crave as humans social connection, but Breaking the ice is tough. When, you, when you're in a class situation, you, maybe you're new to the gym, maybe you're not particularly outgoing and you know, you're not uh, the kind of person to get in someone's face and introduce yourself. 
this is tough. So as the coach, we need to create an environment that makes it impossible for people not to connect with each other. We do this a variety of ways. Partner drills, movement games, making a space for people to go and introduce themselves to someone. And you know, we tell them, go and introduce yourself to someone new. Um, saying, hey, Jimmy, hey, Sarah, you guys are both, you guys should train together tonight. I think you'll get along well. So creating the environment where that can occur and making it really hard for people to avoid socializing. Of course, there are going to be people who are not so interested in that, but you'll know those people. They'll usually make you very aware of it, that, hey, I'm not really into the large groups of people thing. And, you know, whatever, you can just kind of give them a minimum dose so they, they know that they're getting pulled out of their comfort zone, but also respect that, you know, they don't have to be super outgoing all the time. Third must do. Know the program like the back of your hand. Oh, Siri's talking to me. Not now. So, anyone can read exercises off a screen or off a whiteboard. But a great coach inspires you to want to attack the workout. I'm just going to shut Sue down right now. A great coach inspires you to want to attack the workout. Now, for you to do this as the coach, you need to know the content intimately. So what do I mean by intimately? Well, it includes knowing the technique first and foremost. A back squat is this. But you also, I would argue, need to know what it feels like. Being able to describe to somebody what they're going to feel when they try this thing and that might be if they're trying it for the first time, it might be what they're going to feel if they're 12 weeks into a 16-week program. It might be what they're going to feel when they've been back squatting consistently for five years, right? But it's, it's, it's meeting that person and giving them something that's going to help them to relate. And you need to know why it's relevant to them. So you can see that sort of within that, there's quite a bit of knowledge you need to have. You've got to know the technique. But I would say that you need to have practiced it yourself. You're not going to know what it feels like unless you've done it. And this can be tough in a gym where you're coaching, where you have multiple coaches and you're coaching many different modes of training. But again, arguably the coaches should all be participating to some degree in the training that the gym is offering. Now, why it's relevant to them, right? Could be strength, could be a postural thing, could be knee health, could be muscle mass, could be glutes, whatever. It doesn't have to be world changing but just something so that that person gets why this exercise is important for them to do right you need to know this stuff so that you can inspire somebody to take action point number four is coach now seems a little bit obvious right however here's what coaching is not walking the room making small talk counting reps for people telling them good job, fist bumping. This is not coaching. This stuff is good. This is just being a dude and hanging out and making sure people are having a good time. Coaching is getting in there and forcing people to become better. You are evolving that person every time they come into your class. Being a coach is getting hands-on, making corrections to every individual, adjusting their body, helping them feel certain things, cueing them, making them improve by 1%, right? All the time. It's giving feedback. 
This is why they come here. Now, if you are a coach, you'd probably resonate with this. It's pretty easy to do this when someone's new, but it is harder to do this when someone has been at the gym for a while and already moves quite well. So you have a challenge on your hands there. You're trying to improve the performance every time of someone who already has pretty good, imp- pretty good performance. But arguably, the goal is improve them every time. Do what you can. Find a way to make them 1% better. Even getting hands-on with someone who's doing something well, giving them some cues, getting them to brace their abs tighter, squeeze the glutes harder, depress the shoulder blades more. Even when someone's already doing all those things, if you go and ask them to do it more and you just touch those areas, they will do it more. That, that you'll get your 1%. Next point is always give context. Kind of touched on this with knowing the program, but quickly, to empower someone to do something, they must know why it matters to them. Context is how you light the fire in the belly of that person. So the workout has a context. The class program has a context. That workout within the cycle that you're in has a context. And then the elements within the workout also have a context. You don't need to fucking open up the Bible on them every time, but you want to give people some kind of context to this journey. So, you know, if it's week six of an eight-week cycle, it's relevant to tell them, hey, guys, we've only got another couple of weeks on this. You guys have been drilling this shit for six weeks, all right? That's the context. The warm-up is different to the strength work, is different to the conditioning piece, is different to the finisher. So give that context. Hey, this part here, we're moving a bit slower. The idea here is to push some heavy weight. I really want you guys to try and increase the load. Five, maybe 10% on what was on the bar last week. But then when you get to the conditioning piece, it's a different conversation. Guys, I don't want you to fuck around here. I want you to work hard and fast. This one's going to burn out the lungs. Yes, it's going to suck, but it's only 10 minutes. I want you to give it your best. Right? You're giving them some context. Why is this important? It's good to do hard things. It's good to get strong. Strength helps your posture. Strength helps you be healthy, right? Whatever. You, you make it as relatable as you like. But to overlook that and to just kind of prescribe the exercises, I think, is inadequate. Simple, clear communication. Make your explanations clear, make them simple, and keep them brief. The class environment generally doesn't have enough time for you to go on long kind of monologues about the intricacies of a Turkish getup. You want to give people enough to get them moving, but not so much that you kill the vibe. Remember that your coaching gig continues once they're doing the drill. So I think that's really important to remember. You want to give them enough. It has to be responsible. You want to give them, hey, here's a couple of main points on the technique I want you to keep in mind today. Show them that a couple of times. Mention it again. All right, here's the two things. All right, these two things. But then get them doing the drill and then you can go around and make give individual corrections as needed. We don't want, hey guys, here's the 12 things I need you to remember with this technique and then here's the four most common mistakes. Now go and do it perfectly. doesn't work like that. You got to bring the energy. Now, it's a tricky one because often people from our realm, right? Coaching, let's say if you're really into the movement thing or you're into the body weight strength thing, you come from this kind of calm, relaxed, sort of um, gentle, passive, kind of guru-esque realm of coaching where, you know, and it kind of makes sense 
there are a lot of guru type people that are that are uh, slanging this thing but it's also like if you're here for a if we're doing a whole day's worth of training if it's like an eight-hour workshop yeah we, you know, we're gonna lower the energy because we're here all day we're doing a lot of fucking training but we're not here all day for the class people are here for like 60 minutes maybe 90 right depending on how you do it they get between two and three hours per week to have that experience between two and three hours. So they're not like you. They're not in the gym all day. They're not doing two hours of training in the morning and then 30 minutes of mobility in the evening or whatever it is that you do. They get two to three hours per week away from work, family commitments to come and do their training. Now that is their slice of time for themselves. You have an obligation to make that an experience that they will remember. Now, hopefully not remember it because it was so low energy, right? We're talking about bringing the energy. So using the volume of your voice, speaking with conviction, being authoritative, uh, having the music just right, saying some funny shit at the right moment so people laugh, getting serious, calling out someone who's doing the wrong thing, pointing out to people, hey, don't fucking do that, do this. You know, wh however it is that you bring banter to that situation, however it is that you you engage the focus of everyone in the room, there are going to be people who are more passive about it. There are going to be people who are more boisterous and kind of, you know, out there about it. You want to find your way, but you need to bring that energy. And, and if you think about it through the from the view of the person in your class, I'm not saying you've got to run around screaming and yelling. It's really how do you, how do you command that person's attention? And if you think about the great coaches that you've worked with, you will start to identify ways that they do it. And I think that's a really good starting point in order to get some inspiration. But I know, like if I walk into the gym and it's like, um, I don't know, like maybe some jazzy music, maybe maybe it's like some real lo-fi hip-hop, you know, just something like kind of thing. And the coach is like, all gentle and people are just doing I'm like fuck it seems pretty churchy in here right now but when I walk in man music's happening bars are getting dumped people around there I can see some high fives I can see some sweat coaches getting in people's faces a little bit making corrections I can hear voices I can hear not yelling but like loud voices alright now the building's got a bit of energy in it this is something that's fun to be a part of second last of the coaching musters and this is really a continuation of that is got to play banging tunes no shit music now i'm not going to specify genres well not yet but think of music like the drums of war drums of war provide a beat they provide like a backbone for the for the for the combatants for the soldiers to march along to for them to fight along to good music provides a beat for your people to move with people should feel motivated by the music you're playing and that music should be relevant to the work at hand. Now, it's a tricky one with genres because everyone's got their own taste. And, you know, I've seen gyms do amazing fucking things with country and western, heavy metal, punk rock. You know, and it's really, you, you find your flavor and you make that your thing. Um, for us, you know, I've recognized a couple of things that work really well. I'm a big fan of hip-hop. We love hip-hop. It's kind of inbuilt. Sometimes, though, hip-hop doesn't work. Sometimes it's too heavy on the lyrics and there's just not a, you know, maybe sometimes there's interludes, maybe sometimes there's like, yeah, depending on the artist and stuff, there can just be tracks that necessarily don't carry the energy along for the whole track. Whereas you go to something like, 
house music and a lot of other kind of electronic stuff. Now you've really got like a backbone to move towards. And obviously it's, it's easy with electronic to go too hard and fast. It's easy to go the other way too. But I, for me, like house music, progressive stuff always goes down really well because it is kind of like the drums of war, right? Sammy in here this morning was playing some country and Western. Initially I was like, damn, it's country and Western. But I looked around at a couple of guys. It's like, I can get around this. And they said, yeah, man, me too. We all had a bit of a surprise look on our face, but it was kind of nice. Now that is Sammy's piece of expression in his class. That's his thing. I would say that in that moment, the coach is kind of walking a knife's edge because when you make a sort of left of field choice like that, you're probably going to not please everybody and that's okay. So I think that, you know, more sort of uh, specialist types of music or niche stuff should be sort of used with that in mind. I'll always fall back on the right kind of hip hop or rap music and electronic stuff for me. And, you know, my, I, I will make my playlist very deliberately around that or I'll choose DJ sets very deliberately. The right DJ set, sometimes perfect because they go for 60, 90 minutes. You choose the section and because generally over a DJ set, the energy is building over the course of the set. If it's a good one, that's happening in your class. It's perfect. The last point on the class coaching must-dos as we approach the 20-minute mark is to secure their next visit people are busy and despite best intentions life will get in the way of that person coming to the gym you need to be the great coach and part of being a great coach is keeping that person accountable to their training commitment now it's not a big thing to ask someone when are you coming back in or am i going to see you tomorrow or what classes have you booked this week but that simple question can go a really long way for someone who's like walking out of the gym and not really sure when they're going to come back in next. And we know like life gets busy. You don't make it into the gym for the rest of the week. All of a sudden you have a few weeks go by. You've only been in once, maybe twice, but you don't really feel like you're getting the value. Now we start to have a thing where that person's like not really digging the gym, right? It's not working for them. So the accountability piece is huge. And I would argue it's, it's your role as a coach you have a responsibility to keep people accountable to the training commitment. So there it is. They are the class coaching must-dos. As I said, this list will evolve. Um, we will have a checklist off the back of this that we'll use to review a coach's performance. Uh, but I hope that you got something from that. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please share it with a friend. More than likely, Paul's going to be back on next week. So it won't just be me talking to you straight. Uh, but I enjoyed the last 22 minutes. Thank you for listening.